From the Ben Pixel Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Phone Booth Fighting, a free weekly podcast covering the world of mixed martial arts and so far beyond with myself, Richard Hunter, and this guy. It's me, Frank Mir. That's Frank Mir. He's the two-time UFC heavyweight champion. He is a current Bellator heavyweight contender, and uh, he is a podcast host. He does that every week. You only fight a couple times a year, but yeah. podcasting, that's every week. I guess we go out with my definition of... of, of, of uh quantity i guess mm-hmm. yeah, i'm a podcaster who fights <laughs> that's right that's right that's probably uh how you should start being introduced uh, a couple of things uh we got a lot to talk about today this was a crazy big news week so uh we're this this episode is good in fact somebody tweeted at phone booth fight uh somebody tweeted us just in the middle of the the week They said something to the effect of, this is such a a big news week, I feel like an emergency episode of phone booth fighting should be recorded, (laughs) which I like because that tells me that when people are seeing big news stories, they're immediately thinking, I want to know what the guys are thinking. I I want a new episode of phone booth fighting, so uh, we're here for you. before we do that, though, we got to tell you uh, how to support the show real quick so you can keep us on the air making new episodes. Uh, Frank, why don't you, uh, first of all, tell everybody about the Amazon banner that is on the front of PhoneBoothFighting.com and how that helps us out. Well, it's one of the easiest ways that I've been supporting the show. <laughs> Click on the uh, PhoneBoothFighting.com, go on the banner where it says Amazon. Uh, by clicking on it, it transports you right through. It even logs in your own code, uh, your passwords and all that. It'll have it uh, saved for you. And then any shopping you do, anything that you purchase, a small percentage at no extra cost to you, comes here uh, back to the show to help us. That'll do it. Also, and you know, we don't mention this enough, but also right next to that Amazon banner is a uh, Blue Diamond MMA banner. And that is the world's greatest cup. That is the world's greatest athletic protector. Take it from me a guy who uh, values uh, that area of my body. Uh, And I think that uh, uh, protective cups for uh, competitive athletes, not just MMA fighters, but uh, anybody that's an athlete, to me, uh, Frank, you know what I say, they're like coffee and boob jobs. You get what you pay for. Yeah, you know, know, seatbelts are important, Mm -hmm. but let's face it, if you lose your nuts... Is there any purpose to do anything? No, no point in living. (laughs) None whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, It'll be over. So if you're in the market for a good, uh, well, not just a good one, the best, the best cup that uh, is out there on the market, Blue Diamond. uh, Or You know what? I'm saying Blue Diamond. I'm thinking of the almonds. It's Diamond MMA is what it is. They they use the color blue as their accent. Yeah. That's why I'm saying blue. And that's why I didn't correct you. We were like two potheads sitting at a stop sign (laughs) waiting for it to turn green. Like, I understood what you were thinking yeah even though it wasn't right <laughs> yeah sorry about that i'm thinking of the almonds, Those almonds i was on the same too, page yeah they don't they don't kick us back anything but uh the diamond mma cups uh they actually if you click through the banner on the front of phoneboothfighting.com they give us a little commission too on those oh, cool. yeah so that's why i mentioned them and that got me through an entire season uh, the first season of wimp to warrior and i'm about to start the second season uh at the end of april so uh you can bet uh, I will be wearing the blue, the uh, diamond MMA cup. <laughs> I wonder if, like, 
you could be like invest in my junk. You know what I mean? Like by clicking on that, you can purchase me, mm. uh, purchase a fighter of your choice. Yeah. So you say you're invested in his. You would. You <laughs> equipment. could. You could say you literally had him by the balls. Yes. Yeah. You're like I'm investing in his post fight celebration. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then when when fighters are talking, you know, and they're making some joke about, oh yeah, you know, my 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 wife's, you know carries my balls around in her purse you that then you could be like well actually mine are owned by you look it up on your phone you know winston jones in uh uh south carolina yeah he's the guy that actually paid to uh sponsor uh so all of that and uh finally i i told richie cranny that runs uh went to warrior i'd be sure to plug this because uh if anybody uh you know went to warrior the um the amateur mixed martial arts program that I did last year that I'm going to be doing again this year. Uh, anybody that's out there interested in that, if you're in the Vegas area, it's a worldwide program, but if you're in the Las Vegas area, we're going to start training uh, the April 29th, I believe, uh, is the start date for here in Las Vegas. Go to wimptowarrior.com. That's wimp, the number two, warrior.com for details. And uh, this season it's going to be at Randy Couture's place at Extreme Couture. So we'll be training there for like five months and then uh, all doing another amateur MMA fight at the end of it if you'd like to be part of the program. But it is worldwide. So even if you're not in the Las Vegas area, just go to wimptowarrior.com and uh, see where the next program is in your area. I say worldwide because, Frank, we are worldwide. Uh, I I know it and you know it, but occasionally we get kind of a, an interesting reminder. Another uh, listener of ours tweeted us, uh, was listening to our last episode where I was explaining the whole cuckhole thing that we had going on at the brothel yes yeah this guy was listening he he's in ireland he's one of our irish listeners and he had that part of the podcast playing as he pulled through a toll booth in <laughs> ireland and he said the, the toll booth the operator look he got, huh? yeah gave him the craziest look when he was giving him the change or whatever anybody willing to write in and stand up for and explain the psychology of a cuck? Okay, we have not heard from that. No, we have not heard uh, from any listeners, I guess, who are willing to out themselves thus yet. yet. If you didn't hear our last episode, don't miss that one. Go back and listen to it, and you'll you'll hear the whole situation of what we're talking about. I've got a, a thing uh, currently at my brothel, a very unique situation that I'm trying to accommodate for a client that involves, basically, he's he's trying to pay to come in and not have sex with the girl he wants to be sexed by this random hey, male man. who's do guest starring that's just gay with a bunch of extra steps as i think how they would it <laughs> is complicated gay isn't it that is a, that's a ricky morty meme if i've ever that seen is one. A, that that's is just a, gay with extra steps that man. is a complicated gay experience but i may have a i may have some news on that next week I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted but i might have an interesting addendum to that story so uh if you want to be up to speed go listen to our last episode after you listen to this one of course because frank all right, where do we start? Uh, I mean, there was big news all over the world in all facets, and we're, we're going to touch on the, the high points and the low points. But uh, I guess because this certainly is an MMA-focused podcast, we've got to start with Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor announces this week he's retiring, and then the next day the New York Times reports that he's under investigation for a sexual assault in Ireland. Now, if you're in the know... This story was floating around out there for a while. I don't know if you had heard it. It did. Or not. Uh, yeah. It's been six months. No, at least. Well, it could, I tell you what, the, the allegation was in December. So four yeah. months, maybe something like that. Yeah, because yeah. it was before my fight. 
mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, obviously Carl Princey yeah. uh, is is heavily tied into the whole European mm-hmm. MMA community, and uh, his phone was blowing up with people saying, "Hey, Connor just you know, you know, sexually assaulted a girl," you mm-hmm. know. You know, and then something came out in the news that kind of confirmed that, well, maybe these people aren't full of shit because, you know, fucking people just talk shit all the time, especially when you're at the top of the game like mm-hmm. Connor is. Everybody's, his name's in everybody's mouth, right? And so uh, then it came out that there was an Irish superstar being, you know, but then someone came out and said, no, no, it's this football player and soccer player. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, it just wasn't Connor. Just, you know, when people think of Irish sports superstars, Connor's the first mm-hmm. guy to come to uh, to, uh, to 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 name, and so. Uh, but now it's like, oh shit, maybe there was some truth to it. Yeah, apparently Ireland has very strict libel laws as far as what they can and can't report when somebody is accused of something but not convicted of it. You know what? I'm for that yeah. because it destroys a dude's name. I feel like if you're accused of something, I'm for keeping the person's name out of the newspaper. Now, hey. Once you're convicted by a jury and they say that, you know, you did it, not that it couldn't be that an innocent guy, but, you know, but let's just say that let's trust our judicial system that, you know, that most likely you did it. At that point, yes, your name can be slandered all over and now you're an embarrassment to your family. Well, and, at that point, it's not slander. Yeah, at that it's not slander. It's, it's truth. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at that point, yeah, throw it out there because then I don't feel bad if we can't take it back. Right. But I feel so bad for guys that are accused of of, 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 of some type of sexual assault and, you know, then it comes out that the girl – made it up and they're showing video of her at the bar hanging on the guy going out with him and then she apologizes later that you know she doesn't know why she did or whatever because it does one of two things one that guy's name is fucked mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't give a shit how many redactions they make the water cooler on monday morning is like hey you know there's bob again you know mm-hmm. fucking you know even for the months that he was you know accused you're, you're screwed you're living in hell you're already guilty before you even have a trial and then on the second, I think that it really obstructs for women's rights. Like, look, I have a daughter, I have a wife. I care about women's rights. Um, and for a girl to make a false accusation, I think that they don't happen that often. I, I think there's only a few bad apples that ever take advantage and abuse that system. But it hurts all the girls that are being honest. And now they feel embarrassed, maybe even more so to come out. Because, I mean, look, that's yeah. an embarrassing situation to deal with. The trauma afterwards of a sexual assault, a woman's not quick to go, yeah, I got raped. You know what I mean? Like, that shit's hard to fucking deal with. So they are already got so many hurdles they got to go over. And now they have this fucking dumb cunt who's fucking making shit up to get even with guys. And somehow, like, she doesn't want to be branded. It's like, no, man, that's fucked up. Yeah, there's a real ripple effect to it. Yeah, it screws everybody. It, it's, there's really no... Everybody's a victim when someone makes a false accusation. Well, let's go in order. We'll we'll talk about the, the allegations against Conor McGregor here in a second, but we'll just go in chronological order because um, a couple of days ago, this was the retirement tweet from Conor McGregor. We've got it pulled up here on the screen if you're watching us on our Phone Booth Fighting YouTube channel uh, from at the Notorious MMA. Hey, guys, quick announcement. I like how he uh, downplays it. Hey, by the way, real quick. Um, I've decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial art today. I don't know if that's a typo or if he's trying to make a point with leaving off the S. I'm not sure. I wish. Why, why is it formerly known? I don't know. His what, what when, dig was that? I, he, I, I, you know what? I don't know either. I wish all my old colleagues 
well going forward in competition. I now join my former partners on this venture already in retirement. Proper pina coladas on me, fellas. That's a reference to his uh, whiskey brand. Well, he's 0 for 2 in confusing me with retirement tweets because I didn't understand the first one from a couple of years ago either that was thanking me for cheese or something. This is the second or third time. Yeah, I know he's a thanks for the cheese. This is the second time. Yeah. Now, that time definitely seemed to have something to do with contractual negotiations. Yeah, that's the impression I got. And this time very well could, too, because he had just been on Jimmy Fallon a night or two before saying that he was negotiating for a fight in July, which would make sense because that's the big UFC, you know, midsummer card, and that would uh, be a good time for him to come back and fight. So is that, well, I guess, first of all, just say, you know, let's maybe the, the assault allegations notwithstanding, do you believe it when you see that as far as you think that's just an honest, you know what, I think I'm done fighting in MMA? No, I think he's too young and there's too much money um, for him still at stake. Um, I could see, though, if there uh, – look, I, I think people retire when they can no longer make money or it's no longer in their health to do so. And I don't think uh, uh, Connor falls under any of those categories. I still think he's one of those dangerous guys. You know, do I think that he's always going to have a hard time beating Khabib because of the wrestling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just stylistically that that guy is always going to be his uh, Achilles heel. Um, but that being said, there's not a lot of other guys I can think of that, you know, are, are, are shooing that, oh, yeah, Connor can't beat that guy. You know, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody else, Connor is, uh, he's in there. Uh, he's still a huge draw, even if he were to lose two or three more times. Uh, I don't think, you know, physically he seems very fit. I can't imagine he has any major injuries. He seems to be pretty good about taking care of himself on all levels as far as, you know, uh, you know he has a, was the motion guy. Oh, yeah, the movement M- coach. Movement coach, yeah. you know what I mean? But, I mean, you can see the way he moves, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, he keeps himself relatively healthy, um, as any full contact athlete can expect it to be. Uh, I think that it's, you know, that Connor is a smart guy. And if he's not using this for leverage as far as contractual negotiations, uh, negotiations uh, I think maybe there might be something to this. Uh, um, the assault uh, The assault case. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that actually struck my mind first was I know that he's in trouble for the, the, the you know, the aggro. What the, what Breaking was the phone. Yeah, in smashing Miami. the phone. Yep. You know, because that's two offenses in the U.S., and I'm kind of wondering if maybe he got a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of like I've always suspected that Jordan never retired from basketball because he wanted to go play baseball. I think he got suspended for gambling and then took time off. To to, uh, a quick point of order, three offenses in the U.S. because you got the dolly throwing, you've got the jumping over the cage and running into the crowd, and then the phone smashing. Did the cage and the crowd happen here? I thought that was over in Ireland. No, that was here. That was Wasn't when he that fought about, Khabib. Khabib. Oh, no, that is, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the time that he jumped a Bellator cage. That's right, yeah. That oh, happened, I was confused yeah. now. So he, that, yeah, that happened, happened too. over there, yeah. Uh, that was overseas. But so anyway, yeah. so now, you, okay, so you're right. Three yeah. offenses that if most people that aren't a, uh, a citizen, you know, yeah. they're just a, on a tourist visa, you know, or not visa, I guess, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, no work visas, maybe. No, because I, with Europe, with the UK and stuff, I, we could just travel in there. You just... Uh, I've never had to have a visa to go. That's as long as you have a passport. But so what about he to work? But he doesn't stay. I think to he, work you have to have. Yeah, you're yeah. making money, so it's a little bit different. But to your point, if you're a visitor, guess, right, this kind of stuff gets on the radar, especially yeah. And it's not like he's problems. hiding under the radar. Everybody yeah. and their mother knows who Conor McGregor is. The yeah. guy's one of the most famous guys in the world right now. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah. I, I, I was suspecting. I'm like, I wonder if he's catching some heat. And they're like, hey, man, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, your 180-day suspension or a two-year suspension, whatever, from traveling into the U.S., you know. And then if he does have a, you know, to compound there with, if you do have sexual allegation, you know, issues, um, he might not be allowed to leave the country. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The, that's not unheard of that someone's saying, hey, you know, you're under allegations. You know, yes, you're not going to sit in jail. You post a bond or whatever, but you got to relinquish your passport. That you, is a that is an interesting uh, analogy that you draw to the Jordan retirement. Of course, he had the gambling allegations going around him when he retired from the NBA uh, the first time. But if one has nothing to do with the other, it's incredibly coincidental. I mean, what are the chances yeah. that you retire one day kind of seemingly out of nowhere i mean it's not like there was already a lot of talk about you needing to be you know retire you think about it that happens and then within 48 hours the new york times breaks this story especially with you know the 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 big corporation that now owns the ufc uh and you know wanting to steer clear as best they can of that kind of controversy you could see a situation where they might be thinking hey you know what if this story is going to break especially in a in a on a huge platform like the new york times it might be better for us to be able to say former ufc fighter yeah. technically i think it works better for the ufc because especially in today's me too movement in yeah. the u.s you don't want us to be on the wrong side of that at all i mean shit you'll get shut down really fast mm-hmm. i know the ufc is super powerful but i don't think the nba or the nfl really wants to take that movement on i mean hollywood is one of the most powerful organizations i can think of and look what the me too movement did there it cleaned mm-hmm. house pretty well yeah um so i think that one it does well for the ufc and two i think connor can then you know he's so great at always creating the narrative you know what i mean the truth is what he says the truth is I don't think he wants to go back to Ireland and say he did have to give up and relinquish his passport. Well, then asked why he can't travel to the U.S., he has to explain, well, this is going on. You know what I mean? Whereas now, you'd be like, I have no reason to go. I'm retired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it cuts out his ability to have to explain anything about his legal situation. Mm. He can purely stick to, I'm retired. I don't want to go there. I'm going to hang out here, Where, wherever the may, case may be. Mm-hmm. And less is more. And then that way, the narrative is whatever he wants it to be and not what the actual truth of the matter could possibly be. Yeah, it's hard to know just because the the negotiations were presumably going on for a July fight, at least according to Connor. Um, so it can could... we bring up Mikey the rape allegation stuff? Yeah, yeah. we'll we can here's get to a, that. So. Yeah, here's one oh, article. what do you got first though? Yeah, no, just the, the here's an article about it. Like I said, yeah. not much because of the way the Ireland reports the facts on that. It's yeah. kind of just a couple people talk to the uh, New York Times, but here's here's about where it starts right here. The um, incident uh, took place right on December 10th, and then he was arrested in January. Now the he was arrested in Dublin. And the hotel where this happened, the way it was described in reports is that it's an area of Ireland that's kind of like what we would consider like a business park area. Like there's a hotel there, but it's not like a hot happening hotel. It's like a hotel where business people are staying. Kind of like kind of like that area of Chicago we stayed for your fight yeah. with Fedor. Like, yeah, it's Chicago, but it's really a suburb, and there right. wasn't a whole lot going on out there. Um, it sounds like that's what they're describing. And this hotel was not super fancy. Like, apparently, Conor McGregor had been known to stay there at times before, but what he would do is that they've got one penthouse suite in the whole hotel. It's like one uh, room that's multiple rooms, and he would just book that out 
periodically whenever he wanted it or wanted to stay there for some reason. So it does sound like there's pretty substantial information that he was there. I think it's just going to become a matter of yeah, he said, she gonna, said. Yeah. yeah. So like, like you said, Mikey, not a lot about it is known other than that, not who the woman is or how they knew each other or what she says happened or any kind of thing like that. Yeah. I did see that, uh, uh, according to the Times, I think uh, some DNA was collected from the hotel suite. Well, so there goes the narrative that the UFC has a serious domestic assault problem. Yeah. Well, you know, they're not they're not helping themselves with people like Greg Hardy right now. I mean, I realize that's uh, you know not what? a Conor more McGregor and more, name, Especially but... after seeing Greg Hardy's last fight, yeah. how really he's not a talent when it comes to fighting. Why? Yeah. Just dump that dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and I'll tell you what, you know, in amongst that, you've got real legit mental issues like what's going on with Tony Ferguson right now, you know, that's not him assaulting his wife. That's just him having some scary mental problems right now. And she's trying to help him get help. But if you think about it, think about how that could just sort of be lumped into everything. People not paying attention the way we do. People just kind of casually catching headlines going, oh, God, sounds like they got another one. You know, and they see a story like that. So, uh, yeah, you're not helping yourself with with uh, having uh, people like that around. But uh, this one obviously takes on a whole other life of its own. I mean, my my mother asked me about this one because she got the alert from the New York Times. You know, I mean, she's she knows up to up to the other day she knew the name of one MMA fighter, which was Frank, because <laughs> that's the one I do a podcast with. And then uh, the other day she was like, in fact, she asked me if you had ever fought Conor McGregor. It was yeah. That was my mom's you know, and MMA I don't question. Why the UFC? On a side note, just because it sprung into my head, why the major organizations like a UFC or a Bellator? Uh-huh. If you have a domestic violence on you, I don't think you could be under contract. Like, mm-hmm. there's just certain things. Like, we're so worried about some things, but at the same time, like, hey, you're a trained fighter. Mm-hmm. We need to somehow show that to our youth that's learning how to fight. That if you use these skills to beat up on somebody who can't really defend themselves against you, which is Pretty much everybody versus a professional fighter. Right. And not even counting a man versus a woman now, and the man is the professional fighter. Like, you know, just I think it has to be a very black and white area. Be like, look, if you're convicted of domestic violence, we do it with other areas. You know, here in town, you know, if you're convicted of a domestic violence, um, even though it's not a felony, you can't have a CCW anymore. Right. Your ability to carry a gun is taken away from you because it's like, hey, you've shown a tendency or a personality trait of violence towards those that are weaker than you. We can't trust you to fucking carry a gun Mm -hmm. because, you know what I mean? I think you can't even buy a gun. Well, I think you can have rifles still and you can own a pistol, Pistol? but you can't carry it now. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'd have to look that up because I think that flags you on... um no, because then you'd be a felon if you couldn't buy a gun. Right, but I think it's felons and if you have a domestic gun there. Cause you, there look was, it up. I'm curious. Yeah, because I, 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 I thought it was – because when that law first got passed uh, 20 fucking years ago that I can remember now probably, uh, there was people I knew that were police officers, you know, or didn't know them personally. But mm-hmm. you heard about police officers that all of a sudden got stuck on desk jobs because mm-hmm. now you're a police officer. You had a domestic violence in your past. Well, that's an awkward – That's a that's weird an awkward day thing. at the yeah. office, isn't it? Hey, Hank, uh, how come you're on the desk? Oh, my knee's bothering me. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, it just uh, – yeah. Because yeah, I have friends that are police officers, and 
they won't even get into an argument with the girl that they're dating. Yeah. Because they're terrified of someone calling the cops on them. I mean, I, I have friends that have been like, hey, look, if uh, one guy still dates a lot of young, crazy fucking girls, he's on Tinder. And he's told me, he goes, there's times that I have to leave them in my own fucking house because all of a sudden there's a dis- misunderstanding and mm-hmm. now voices are being raised. He goes, I fucking leave. Well, Fuck I, that I, shit. I, I, he yeah. bolts because he goes, I'm not having my friends, the other cops, right. show up here and have to make a fucking call that could affect the rest of my life. And you know what, though? I think that's okay because it's a higher standard. Yeah. And especially when, to bring it back to, to mixed martial arts, you know, that, the it idea. misdemeanors, too. Misdemeanor domestic will put you on the, oh, okay. on the gun. It'll flag when you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, you cannot buy. Yep. Because it goes against, you think about it, not only, not only Me Too, but anti-bullying, anything that is stronger picking on weaker, like you just said. And, you know, to me, one of the best defenses that I've always had for mixed martial arts whenever I've talked about it to someone who uh, doesn't follow it, you know, has kind of a cartoonish idea of what it's like. I have always proudly said, listen, most of the MMA fighters I know are are docile people. Like, yeah. they're not going to be the loud drunk in the bar because they, they have confidence to know they can handle themselves if something bad happens, but they don't have anything to prove. I mean, there's exceptions to that, but I think for the yeah. most part we can agree on that. And that's the way it is in gyms. You know, any any worthwhile gym, jiu-jitsu school, whatever, isn't going to be out of control with a bunch of no. assholes running around. It's going to be very much uh, uh, order and, yeah. uh, and and mutual respect. Well, most of the time, so, assholes don't want to be in a gym because not every day you're at the top of the food chain. Right. <laughs> it's a revolving door. Some yeah. days are good, some days are bad. Right. So I always think that's an important thing to be able to fall back on when it comes to mixed martial arts because it is violent. I mean, it is in a cage. It is, aesthetically, there are certain... Uh, you know, it's made for stereotypes. Yeah, but martial arts is in the word, in, in, in the name. Yeah. Know, mixed martial yeah. arts. And I think the martial arts part still has to be for that reason of weeding people out and showing, you know, I want that, you know, 15-year-old kid that's learning how to choke people see somebody lose their career because they beat the shit out of their wife. Yeah. You know, and then the wife shows up and their nose, like, there has to be some kind of, like, if you're going to learn these skills, like, look, someone goes to rob you, break their fucking arms. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, that's a time to step up to the plate and, you know, and, and go alpha on somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can't do it to your fucking woman. And, well, yes. You know what I mean? That just has to be, like, if you couldn't figure that out, your father didn't teach you that, we'll teach you that. You don't yeah. fucking beat the shit out. You know? I, I also think, too, that if we just simply applied the same approach that we would take in a in a gym, then every problem solved. And what I mean by that is, let's say, you know, the same person who would be trying to make some excuses for, for Greg Hardy, let's say. If you, if Greg Hardy joined your gym and you see him come in the first day and he goes over to the, the white belt class and just beats the hell out of some 150-pound guy, are you over there going, man, that is cool? Are you like, that guy's out of here I'm, and I'm going to carry him out the door? Like, you know, if, why, if you can apply that rule yeah. in a I gym, agree. why not in, in the I real world, agree you know? You know, and, and also, too, like, and then just in case, because I always think about, oh, I'm here, I'm, I know we're going to hear this. You know, well, what happens if, you know, the woman's the aggressor? That's the beauty of being the more powerful, well-trained fighter. Mrs. Mir can pull out a box cutter 
and I'm going to have no problem taking it away from her and putting her down without ever fucking hitting her. Yeah. Because the disparity in our skill and physical abilities is such to a great level that if I had to break her fucking face in to protect myself, what does it say to me as a, as a warrior? It's like, really? Like that little 120-something you know, pound, five-foot-one chick scared the shit out of you so bad that you fucking laid into her? No. Fucking... <laughs> I can grab her wrist lock, throw down, pin, like, okay, uh, please don't cut me. I didn't like that idea, you know? And maybe the worst case scenario, she has a little bit of an Indian burn on her arm from where I grabbed her. But there is no, there is never, I, I cannot foresee any reason to close my hand and hit a less than opponent that's why she doesn't use the box cutter that's why she takes you down with her words yes you're defenseless it hurt yeah <laughs> it hurt um well we'll see we'll see what uh, develops here with connor but you know to to wrap up this story uh for now you know the the thing that i i think the greatest open question about connor right now is has he just has he just gone adrift i mean is he just at this point just gone the way of John Jones, where you're just going to not be able to keep track of ways that, which thing are we talking mm. about, you know? I'm just afraid that... Which incident? I can't keep track of them like, all now. People like Connor, though, they need someone always to reel them in because they don't reel themselves in. Mm. I think that's why the old adage of fighter and a manager mm-hmm. were actually a very symbiotic relationship that was important at some point. Customato and Mike Tyson. Right, there. That is a stereotypical... Perfect example of ferocious, young, strong athlete who has an older, wiser guy to go, hey, don't do this here, but do it here. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. You can't hurt that person, but you can sure the fuck hurt this person. You know what I mean? Like, let's direct this in a positive building way. And, you know, and, and Mike Tyson's mentality is never to say no, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you think of Connor, Connor, I think sometimes has blurred the lines because he is so talented at it, being his own manager of sorts, uh, his own PR rep, that those are positions of people that can sit there and go, nobody, this is a shitty fucking idea. Mm-hmm. Hell no. And because Connor, you know, I mean, the guy has ruled the fucking world, man. The guy's the top of the food chain. You know, when he sits back in the locker room, this guy is like, I'm the fucking champ. Nothing can fucking beat me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guess what? His switch doesn't flip off once he leaves that fucking cage or walks out of that boxing ring. He still flips on and that, you know, I'm going to take the world by the fucking balls. And that mentality can get these athletes in trouble if they don't have that guy. And I, and I feel like Connor doesn't have that guy to sit there and go, hey, man. No. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Hey, you want to do this shit? Cool. Hold on. Let me make a phone call. We're going to go over here and do it. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Fucking clear out. We're not doing this at a club. We're going to go to a house party. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, no, you ain't doing this now. We can do it tomorrow. Or I'll set it up. We'll go on a trip. You know, somebody that, you know, like says, hey, you know, because obviously no, no, and no, he's going to fucking buck the system. Yeah, yeah. But there's always that. You know, just like my kids. Hey, dad, I want to go spend the night with all my friends over here. I'm like, I don't know those fucking parents. But I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and fucking let's go over to the pizza place and everybody can come to our house. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's not, I didn't tell them no. I just said yes in a different way that was safer Mm -hmm. for me that made me more comfortable. It also needs to be someone who's not just there to collect money. It's got to be somebody who values that person over whatever money that they generate or or don't generate. I I always think, too, that... It almost has to be someone who, I mean, they're on your payroll, but Mm -hmm. you're right. 
that's how you get yes men. If mm-hmm. they sit there and go, uh, you, you know, Connor shouldn't be doing that right now. Are you going to fucking tell him? Mm-hmm. Nah, man, he's fucking paying me six digits a fucking year to sit here and fucking hold his fucking cell phone. Mm-hmm. I ain't fucking saying shit. You know what I mean? Like, now you're surrounded by a bunch of guys who'll be like, hey, should Connor be doing that right mm-hmm. now? Are you going to fucking tell him? To- and, no, I ain't telling and him. one of the reasons that he won't listen to that person is because he is paying them six yeah, he's figures. Yeah, below him now. How about the person tells him he shouldn't do it that doesn't have any financial interest in him. If anything's going to get through to him, it's going to be that. He's yeah. going to look at it and go, you know, that guy didn't even get anything from me. And yeah. he's telling me to do that. It's, I, and, you know, this, and this is, this is fantasy. This is much easier said than done. But I have always believed that one of the most important things, somebody who is on that, that path of becoming McGraw, like just the elite of the elite, not only in terms of accomplishments, but in terms of financial worth, right? Yeah, I'm not talking about being a millionaire. I'm talking about you might be on a trajectory to become a billionaire. Right? Floyd Mayweather, somebody like that. They always get wrapped up. Look at what Floyd does. Everything is, look at everything I've got. Everything is, how much money can I spend? How fast can I spend it? How many different things can I buy? It's what I've got. If one of those guys or girls could early on adapt the mentality of, you know what, I'm going to intentionally not do that. I'm going to be ironically rich where, yeah, I got a lot of money, but rather than pay, you know, uh, half a million dollars for a car, I'm going to drive a common car and I'm going to tip the valet 500 bucks to park it up front to fuck with rich people. Like, I would like to see that guy. I'd like to see the guy who would be like, no, no, the fun is in the fact that, yeah, I still go eat at Waffle House, but I rent out the whole Waffle House. That's how we do it. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how to phrase that, but if that makes sense. Like a very rich troll? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a great way to, like, troll rich assholes. I think that would be a lot of fun. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but also, too. I think the best person. Wealthy troll. I'm a big proponent of being married to somebody. Mm. I, I think, as a famous person who's always on the light, you don't really fucking know who to trust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and you, once, you don't know. Like, are you being my friend yeah. because of you like me, mm-hmm. or are you being my friend because of of other factors? That's mm-hmm. why, like, you know, that's why I think you think of the person you want to fucking kick the shit out of most in life. Mm-hmm. It's usually your spouse. Well, I don't know why. Because they're usually telling you shit that you don't want to fucking hear. Why don't you want to hear it? Because it's fucking probably true. Mm-hmm. And they're the one person who'll sit there and go, yeah, yeah, you're full of shit, dude. That's not, not – what are you thinking? And then you look at them and everybody else is going to sugarcoat it or avoid it with you. But this motherfucker comes up and goes, no, that's fucking stupid. What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. And then you're angry. But then when you calm down and you think about it, you're like – Fuck, they're right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know how many times I've had that with my wife where I just sit yeah. there and go, well, you know, and then as I'm explaining, I'm like, who am I trying to convince? I'm trying to convince myself. Why am I trying to convince myself? Oh, I'm full of shit right now, aren't I? God damn it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and as a spouse, I think they have the, the best authority out of everybody because, look, a friend, we don't live together. I just won't fucking call you a coach. You can fire. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more difficult to get rid of your wife. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's a little bit easier to go ahead and sit there and go, well, I'm full of shit on this situation or vice versa. You know, uh, let me go ahead and try to fix this and be a better person. So I think that it, I think it's a much easier way for me to always keep grounded to reality is that I've been married my whole career. Mm-hmm. And so anytime, you know, things come up and I get a little off of center, 
you know, she's always there to be like, hey, is that really why you got into this? Is it what really you want to be remembered for? And I could be like, oh, yeah, you're right. No, I don't. I get a little distracted there. You know, because you're in the middle of the storm. Sometimes you lose your bearing. Yeah, and it's a real, if you don't get that in order, whether it be the the spouse or the, the no man, we'll call him the opposite of the yes man, you know, whatever, the reality check guy. If you don't get all that in order as you ascend, it's real difficult to put it in place once wow. you're... Well, that's why I thought Connor had what I world. have. Yeah. You know, I, when Jennifer and I got together, fuck, I was working as a bouncer at the Rhino. Mm-hmm. I think I fought for, you know, at that moment before I got into the UFC, I fought for $500. You know what I mean, so mm-hmm. like any ideas of me being rich, you know, at the time, I mean, this fucking 2001. Mm-hmm. No one was rich fighting in the UFC, you know. <laughs> the UFC guys, Dana wasn't rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no one fucking, I mean, I think at that point they had bought and sold the UFC at that time for a million and a half. No one was fighting for a million dollars. The organization wasn't even worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and from what I've read of understand of Connor, like his wife and him were together when he was on, you know, the Irish's version of welfare, mm-hmm. WIC or whatever, the, whatever they call it there. You know, yeah, some kind of adult. That's right. Um, so he has that person that he knows has been with him through thick and thin. You know what I mean? She was with him when he was a nobody and she'll be with him when people forget who he is, you know, mm-hmm. because eventually we're all forgotten, you know? Um, so he has that person, you know? I think sometimes just making sure that you still listen to that person and her, you know, not being afraid to go ahead and call him out on his shit, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, and I've seen other professional fighters where their woman just, you know, or athletes or superstars in general, where their woman started out with them from the beginning, but then the other one gets so big, they're almost afraid to get left behind. Like, well, mm-hmm. what if he leaves me? I'm like, fuck him. You've been with long enough, you'll get half his shit. Trust me, he'll rethink mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, And a lot of that could have to do with that other person's personality to begin with. If they're a strong type of person, yeah. they'll be up for it. But if not, that you know, yeah. they could succumb to it too. I forgot he was married, especially like... I don't know. I'm recently married. I don't think I could go to Miami with six friends and like fuck around and break somebody's phone without catching shit back at home. Like he, I just he lives like he's not married. Yeah, which is super super weird. Like, did you go to like, hey, I'm going to Miami? Yeah, yeah. Did he? Actually I'm going get to New York though? next week. My wife's with me. If I'm anybody sure sees me when married, I go to an appearance, but, my yeah. wife goes with me. Mm-hmm. She goes with me almost everywhere, you know, because one, she's like the ultimate assistant, you know what I mean? Like where everybody else is just like, yeah, yeah, get an extra hour. And she's like, fuck you. He's been standing here for six hours. We're going to go get some food, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also too, just better decisions are made, man. Just it really is. You know, we're all human. We're all valuable. You know, we can all fucking make mistakes. You know, I, I tell everybody, it's like, you know, if you work at McDonald's and you're trying to watch your diet, you're probably set up for disaster. You know, same thing. Me as a man, if I start hanging out in clubs without my wife by myself, look, dude, it's only a matter of time before something, something happens that shouldn't be happening. I mean, you know, the strongest of men, you don't stick yourself, you know what I mean? Like, you don't put yourself in those situations day in and day out and think you're going to get away unscathed. And if you tell me you think you're that guy, you're delusional and it might be fucking happy. Well, fucking this asshole. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about it. As I'm talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's you. Yeah. You can work at a brothel and be good. But most just normal mortal men would have an issue day in and day out hanging out around hookers. Well, Jennifer is a good bad cop for you, too. Because I always, I, I, Mikey, I once saw... I, I, um, 
I won't explain all the circumstances, but we were we were all in a situation. The mirrors and and my Jennifer, we were all together at a situation where let's just say the place we were going had fouled up the reservations or something we were supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. So Jennifer's uh, Jennifer mirrors up front dealing with it, and she just starts going. The the people are just like trying to make these excuses, and she just goes, "No, no, no, no." That's all she's saying, but it's like this is completely unacceptable. Like, no. No. And the, I've thought from the other person's perspective, they must be wondering why this giant guy behind her is, like, shaking. Like, why, is, why does he look like he's about to get beaten? Like, uh, you know, this is, this is, uh, something's falling apart here. You know, and Frank has this look on his face like, you're just making it. Yeah, to the, to the person, the customer service person, like, this is getting worse. You need to just bail out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, you know, that's obviously this is going to be an ongoing story. Okay. Speaking of ongoing stories. It's been two years. The Mueller report gets delivered to uh, the Attorney General, Bob Barr, uh, over the weekend, and uh, that's where we're at. Now, um, here's what we have to look at so far, Frank. So uh, Bob Mueller takes his report to the Attorney General, who's technically his boss in this situation, and the Attorney General then determines whether or not that report gets made public whether or not we see all of it, whether or not maybe we see a portion of it that's redacted. But in the meantime, uh, the attorney general whips up uh, about a four-page statement that is basically his summary of what the report says. So he says in that uh, summary that Robert Mueller concluded that Donald Trump, uh, that neither, the exact wording was that uh, no, uh, neither any Trump campaign official or Trump or any American citizen knowingly colluded with the Russians to essentially cheat in the election. Now, that is great news. That's not only is it great news for Trump, that is great news for America. Like, regardless of who you like, who you don't like. Our our president didn't commit treason. You don't ever, yeah, you do not ever want that. And so it's nice that, you know, we've been able to, to put that to bed. Now, as we have talked about all things political on this show one thing you've always heard me say is i don't i haven't seen any evidence of that my big concern is is that i think i've seen obstruction of justice committed a couple of times just right in front of me like just right out in public and i'm really worried about what's happened behind the scenes where the obstruction of justice uh, uh consideration was addressed according to bob barr uh, he says that Mueller, and he quotes Mueller, Mueller in the report, saying that while he couldn't decide that Trump was guilty of obstruction, he also could not exonerate him. And now keep in mind, we have not heard from Mueller on this. So that's a whole other thing to this. We need to get a look at this report before we know too much about it. But at that point, because he could not reach the conclusion, it was left to Bob Mueller and Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, to reach the conclusion and according to bob barr he and rosenstein both concluded that there was not sufficient evidence to charge trump of obstruction of justice but we haven't seen the report yet we also don't know what Mueller has to say if that was his intention because the next thing we're going to have happen here because Mueller doesn't just tweet to tell us what all he's thinking what we're going to have happen here very likely is that congress is going to call Robert Mueller is a witness, and they're going to say, is this what the report said? Is that what you meant? Why couldn't you reach a conclusion? Did you mean for Congress to decide that rather than 
the attorney general and get the answers from here. Bob Barr will probably already will probably also get called as well. And uh, Donald Trump, of course, you know, wasting no time and uh, declaring it a complete vindication. I, I, I think he's got reason to uh, feel great relief over the collusion aspect of it. My personal opinion is I think he's jumping the gun a little bit on the obstruction until we really hear it out and see the report. But he also may be banking on the idea that, you know, whoever strikes first kind of controls the narrative. So let me just claim that, get that out there. And then uh, over the next over the coming weeks, once the report comes out, if it's less than a complete exoner, you know, exoneration from obstruction, then how much will that get covered? Maybe is not as uh, maybe not as much as the uh, initial news. Um, I'll make one more point, though, before I throw it to you for your thoughts one thing this report definitively said is that the russians interfered in the 2016 election and that's the same thing that our our intelligence agencies have said they also said that numerous attempts were made by the russians to offer help to the trump campaign now great news that there was no evidence of them seizing on it taking it awesome but what that also says is, is that the Trump campaign knew that they were being offered this type of assistance. The Obama administration knew that they found out, you know, kind of in the 11th hour, but they knew that the Russians were trying to interfere in the election. And Obama, likely because they didn't want to be accused of rocking the boat and trying to help Hillary out by claiming that Russians were involved, getting involved in the election. Because if you think about it, two years ago, I mean, now that's something a lot of people are like, yeah, well, no shit, obviously that happened. Two years ago, we would have been like, wait a minute, what? Hey, Russians, yeah. okay, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. Some Cold War shit. Obama's trying to avoid that, but at the same time, the Trump campaign is not saying to the Obama administration, hey, these guys are calling us. Like, you might want to look into this, you know, the same way that there's there's a famous example I think I've referenced before of when Al Gore ran against uh, George W. Bush and the Gore campaign came into possession of uh, like a debate playbook that the the Bush campaign was going to use. And they just gave it back to him, said, hey, actually, we're playing fair. You know, we don't we don't want any part of this. Um, so that obviously didn't happen. So the fact that the report said, hey, without a doubt, Russians successfully uh, uh, influenced this election with misinformation, the fact that the president, and it happens to be Trump, but this would apply to any president, the fact that a president gets information like that, and on this same day that he's exonerated from collusion, and it's fine to say, hey, look at me, awesome for me, no collusion. Where is the statement of, but you know what? We got some bad news. We got it verified that the Russians jacked around in the campaign. I don't think they helped me win, but I don't like the fact that they were in there. And let me tell you, as the sitting commander-in-chief, I'm going to do everything I can to make damn sure they don't do it again. There's no talk of that. No mention of it whatsoever. I had to bring it up. I mean, that's that's more than he said about it. Yeah, I think that's because he doesn't want to admit to that. I think that if Trump, because at first, I thought I was betting that there was going to be collusion just because of all the things we're seeing that Trump was doing to try to avoid this investigation. Yeah, I mean, from day one, he's been on a witch hunt to avoid anybody that wants to turn this rock over. And so, to me, my mindset has always been. 
you know, if an officer goes, hey, guy, look in your trunk, and I'm doing everything in my power to keep you from looking in my trunk, and then you open my trunk and there's nothing in there, you'd almost be like, hey, why did you give a shit? Why didn't you just say, go ahead, look, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, why, you know, going out of your way to obstruct me from looking somewhere that's completely harmless, unless you're guilty of something. There's a dead hooker in the trunk. I completely get why you're panicking about the officer looking in your trunk. And so uh, with Trump, I was like, well, he has to be guilty. Why does he fucking keep firing people and, and doing all, I mean, some blatant, like, uh, uh, obstruction of justice? I'm like, holy shit, can you do that? You know, things that I didn't even think a president was allowed to do. Uh, he's taught me more about the presidency. And then when this comes out and, you know, basically it's saying, well, he didn't knowingly, you know, collude with the Russians or none of his you know, people did them all. Well, why the fuck would you cause like, why weren't you the first one wanting this investigation to happen? If you're innocent, why are you not the one pushing this? Why were you the one kicking and screaming and dragging your heels into the ground like a fucking baby? I, I, I don't understand. And then when I've read more about it and go, oh, OK, I get it. Your ego doesn't want to admit what you already know to everybody else that, like, you didn't win the presidency. Mm-hmm. You really didn't win. The Russians helped you win. Now, even though you didn't knowingly collude with them or take any help from them, you kind of sat there knowing that they were working on the other side and kept your fucking mouth shut. That in itself, I think, is an issue. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's one thing, you know, you know, secrets amongst each other. Inner, inner, you know, the Republicans don't tell the Democrats what they're thinking and vice versa. But fuck, we're all Americans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that doesn't bother me. You know, like, oh, trade secrets amongst U.S. citizens? Fucking keep it. But if a foreign power comes in and is trying to influence the U.S., we're not red or blue team anymore. We're right. all fucking Americans. You know that's, what I mean? Like that, that's, that, it. That's, that's my it. mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, hey, you know, I, you, we, you know, it's almost kind of getting into a fight with your brother. Well, I know this is, <laughs> you know, me and my brother are, are, are close friends. We can be fucking mad at each other. But the minute a third party comes involved, we're united now against that third party. And then once that third party's conquered, we might go right back to our squabble and what we're pissed off about. But God damn it, you're not dividing us. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, not you. We can fight with each other, but no one else is coming in here and fucking with our shit. Yeah, I get that. And and to you to go back to using that that you know car search analogy, uh, Trey Gowdy, Republican congressman who was Mister Benghazi during the Benghazi hearings. I mean, this is you know certainly no friend of Hillary Clinton. Said at one point, he said, "Listen, when you're innocent." Don't act guilty. And he was talking about Trump when he said it. He said, don't exhibit guilty behavior. So to use your analogy, if that car got pulled over and if you are – there is no body in the trunk, let's say, right? But and, – and, and the cop pops the trunk, doesn't find the body. But like you said, you were doing everything you could to keep well, him in the Well, in this situation, I actually break laws to keep you from looking in the trunk. Yes. I jumped in the car. I drove it away from the cops and ran it over the fucking hill and smashed it into the lake. And they're like, oh, shit, you're obviously hiding something. So when they open up the trunk, they're like, so wait a minute. You just evaded arrest, fucking trashed your vehicle, and there's nothing in the trunk? The fuck is wrong with you? And how about this one? Frank, what happened to all the guys that were in the car with you? Oh, they all got arrested because they're all fugitives. I mean, this thing actually netted criminals. I mean, there's people going to prison for lying about this. There's his campaign manager, Paul Manafort, that was sharing the polling data with the Russians. There's uh, Roger Stone, who's been indicted. There's Mike Flynn, who straight up lied about talking to the Russians. So these are all things that, listen, that doesn't mean ultimately 
that you're guilty of the collusion, Donald Trump, but you can't look at us and go, why are you all looking at me when all these people around you, these are people you hired, by the way, because you hired the best people. These are people you wanted to surround yourself with and continue to defend them. I mean, You know my honest opinion? Hmm. He absolutely fucking colluded. We just couldn't catch him. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> you know I mean like, be? there's just no way you act that guilty. And I get it. There's a part of me that goes, well, he just mm-hmm. doesn't want to admit that his, his, you know, his campaign was helped by the Russians, you know. What I mean? But at the same time, I'm like, eh, how much are you really going to step onto him? Like, there's just no way. You acted so guilty that I'm just, I'm having a hard time believing that you didn't commit a crime. Now I just feel you just didn't get caught. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, there's lots of guys that don't get caught doing shit, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know what? This guy just, he was smart enough never to fucking make it a text, ever have a meeting in the same room. Right. He always had somebody else do his dirty work for him. High profile businessmen. I mean, Trump says he's smart, so I think he just, you know. Also this. I think when you have made a career out of living on the and operating on the margins, stuff that isn't, let, let's use uh, bankruptcy law, for example. Certainly not illegal. Certainly he's within his right to have four bankruptcies. <sighs> But he considered that kind of work in the system, right? Yeah. So you you make a career out of that, and you also make a career out of bringing in people like Roger Stone, who will do what they need to do to get something done, right? You're not necessarily bringing them in so because you know that they're going to go break laws. But when somebody comes to you, when you kind of got a whole apparatus, a whole organization like that with some shady characters hanging around, and somebody goes, hey, did this uh, illegal thing happen? You can't just say, oh, no way. Not anybody I'm associated with. No chance. You know, it's what happens in the back of your mind is you go, oh, I don't know. Any, who knows what happened? You know, like you can't right. you can't say that with confidence. I uh, there's a guy I go well, actually one of our good listeners that I go back and forth with on Twitter uh, politically because we're we're opposites. But, you know, one thing that that he acknowledges that we both agree on is, listen, Trump, nobody thought he was getting this nomination. And so the only people he could get in his political circle at the time, all the legitimate people were paired up with other folks that were running, uh, you know, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, these kind of guys. This is what he could get. It's like when, you know, you... You, when your 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 dating pool is real shallow, you know what I mean. Yeah, so like an the, R. Kelly publicity man. No. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, Daryl Johnson, my new favorite uh, tabloid <laughs> superstar. Exactly. You're going to get the Daryl Johnsons of the world. So, um, but and uh, and uh, you know one other thing, and we talked about this too. Uh, uh, you know, this is this is one thing I, I think is for sure is this is just kind of the beginning of the next chapter to see what all is in that report. But I'll tell you something and this, hold me to this because as, as the God, I don't believe in as my witness. Um, <laughs> if Bernie Sanders gets elected, the next president of the United States, which would be a nice day for me. Um, I want whoever is the next president to work toward eliminating some of these imperial opportunities that the office of the presidency can have that I think we didn't really fully realize until the last couple of years. All these things that we felt like, um, uh, yeah, technically a president could do, but they never would. That's unspoken. It's like an unwritten rule, you know. 
uh, uh, yeah, they, they're never going to actually do that because of the way it would appear, because that would be putting agenda over country, things like that. I want the next person to actually, from the office, I want them to weaken the office, if that makes sense. And by weaken, oh. I just mean shore up yeah. those loopholes. Uh, yeah, so up the loose ends. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think Congress on a bipartisan level should should work with them to do it. And let's yeah. have certain standards. Here's another one. Here's another one. You know, Bernie Sanders hadn't released his tax returns yet. I think he will, but and he says he will, but he hasn't yet. I will not vote for him if he doesn't release his tax returns. Period. End of story. Every president since Nixon's released them, and we didn't have a law because we thought that, well, who's going to not do it A lot of the states now? are putting it on the books now. Yeah. yeah. That's going to screw Trump for his next election. Yeah. I mean, does anybody—what about you, Mike? I mean, would you have a problem with passing a law that says if you're uh, either the Republican or the Democrat, you know, a major party nominee for president, you have to release your tax returns? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't mind that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I it's a requirement to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. You're going to be a political leader. Like, I'm sorry, but— I don't want to run for office because I'm not really ready to fucking open up my closet and share my skeletons with the world. Yeah. But I kind of think that that's a requirement. Like, hey, you want to be the president of the United States? Like, well, I want a certain amount of freedom or, or privacy. Hey, buddy, that just the, the two don't go hand in hand, man. Public service and privacy of your private life. I'm all, nah, man, because your private life is influencing who you are as a person and who you are as a person is going to dictate how you lead us as a as a, you know, being in a leadership role, yeah, I got to know about that shit, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, there's you don't other, like it. Someone else can go and step and up. And there's other jobs for you. Yeah. If you're not down and for I that. get it. I don't fault yeah. you for it. Yeah, there's a lot of jobs I don't do, but I res- I expect it of the people that do choose to do that job. And I don't think I'm being a hypocrite because mm-hmm. I just sit there and go, yeah, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, look, I'm not a firefighter. I don't want to sit there. If we see a burning building and everybody's standing by the side, I'm not the first one to volunteer to go save someone I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just not my personality. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, you know, I got kids to take care of. I, I think of those things. But if you go to school to be a firefighter and you have the same mentality as me, I'm going to fucking clown you and be like, hey, buddy, you chose to do this job. This is what you want to do. Fucking run in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, hey, you, know what I mean? you don't like it? Fine. Do what I do. But it'd be like me being as what I've chosen to do as a professional fighter and me being in the back locker room and going, fuck that. I'm not going out there. Well, then there'd be a problem. I mean, like, well, I thought you chose this, right? Yeah, you want the job. It's kind of to, you know, to, to borrow your analogy again, it's kind of like the, the trunk is always open to be searched. That's just the deal. You know what? Because you're driving a company car. How about that? Yeah. How about the fact that you, you don't, you know, you, you don't own that privately. That's, you know, you're, you, you are an employee. And then, listen, that is something that I think a lot of politicians uh, need to be checked on, which is, you work for me. Mm-hmm. It isn't the other way around. Yeah, and especially people who have worked their whole lives in the private sector, they're used to being the owner of the company. Guess what? It, the tables have turned 180 degrees now. And you're mine. One thing boy. someone today at the gym was sitting there talking. Mm-hmm. They weren't saying it to me, but yeah. next to me, we're sitting there rolling out and I can hear the conversation. Mm-hmm. And what they say, they said they go, look, you know, the uh, bars, you know, uh, you know, summary of the the Mueller report was like four pages long mm-hmm. they're like ken stars was like over the blowjob oh he put out a book it was like 500 pages yeah. i guess is what he was saying yeah. i was trying to google it and it was right it was like 400 something i'm like yeah. oh shit over a- <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> hold on <laughs> what am i not understanding here you know what i mean yeah. like getting your dick sucked is that much of a problem but then you know the issues of what we're talking here with all the different people involved them all 
four-page summary? Huh. Mm-hmm. And know. hey, listen, let, let's put some heat on Clinton for a second. The, the idea that there should be a standard that, you know, because now what we end up talking a lot about is, well, constitutionally, can a sitting president be uh, uh, charged with, can they be indicted? You know, a lot of people say no, that you'd have to wait till they were out of office. All that stuff aside, if a president obstructs justice, that might be a good place to draw a line. Absolutely. That might just be a good place where we go, listen, whether or not you're going to serve any time for it, this is a, a, a privileged job. This is a job that you can be fired from by Congress vis-a-vis the American public at any point. I mean, you've got millions and millions of, of however many millions of people are in the country are eligible to vote. Those are all your bosses. I and think that that's definitely an impeachable offense immediately. I think it's just... Is, it, is the president of the United States are obstructing our law from working? Yeah. Like, holy shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it doesn't get any higher than you. Right. And it's a, and a, and a higher standard, just like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, by having a higher standard with things like domestic abuse and stuff like yeah. that for a fighter that maybe you don't apply mm-hmm. to other people. That's just the deal, you know? That's uh, that's you know, we've got physical requirements for uh, uh, airline pilots that we don't have for other people. You True. know, not fair. That's not fair that I have to you know meet a certain level of of uh, physical fitness to fly a plane. Actually, yeah, it is. It's that's just fine because your job requires things that uh, and and has uh, responsibilities associated with that uh, other other people don't. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it was a it was a big week. But uh, if you follow it, it's it's definitely not uh, it, the good news is. And then let's go back and ac- accentuate the positive. The good news is that if Mueller is able to draw that conclusion that he couldn't, you know, find enough evidence of the collusion, then good. But I, you know, Trump has said a number of times this week since this report came out that he doesn't want any president. He doesn't want this to happen to any president again. I don't – what I think it should be what, is – What, doesn't he want to be investigated? Yeah. What, well, and he's, he's concerned, obviously, for himself. But, but what I think the way that should be phrased is that we shouldn't want any president to be able to get themselves in this situation again or to get themselves in this situation again, even if you're innocent. Let's say he's innocent. Great. But let's have this be a cautionary tale – about don't get yourself in this jam. Don't get yourself in the car with all the felons, jumping the median, being on the high-speed chase, evading getting pulled over, just so you can say after it's all said and done, okay, look, you didn't find anything in the trunk, to use your analogy. Yeah. You know? Let's, the <laughs> the whole, drugs aren't mine. Whole lot of it doesn't this ever hold have, up in, in most yeah. people unless you're rich, I guess. A whole lot of this could uh, have... Uh, have been avoided. What did you think, Mikey? What was your uh, take on it all so this, far? Man, this is one I, I never really super paid attention to, and I guess I, f- I felt bad about it, but it's just so complex yeah. that I just like, I'm like, let me wait for the thing to come out. He didn't clue. I didn't think they'd be able to prove anything. Um, I don't know. I did this one was just like, I kind of, every time it came out, it just seemed like you had to really be like a political nerd to like dive into this one hello hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and i just i, I got just my hand like, raised uh, it no, just, too, it it just had so much and like yeah. and that back you know the i actually like that it's a four-page report because i might read a four-page report about <laughs> what happened you yeah. know what i mean i'm not going to read a book about what happened i might you know four page you know two three minutes it's like when you're going through youtube videos i'm like yeah. how to fix this how to do that it's like 20 minute video no yeah. way yeah five minute video okay 
Why aren't they going to make it public? I mean, what's, well, they ma- what's no, uh, McConnell? I have. I keep seeing that yeah. he's fighting. He's pretty much the ringleader for fighting to keep this thing. Uh, well, what would be the reasoning for not wanting? Once again, if I was Trump and this thing exonerated me, mm-hmm. fucking throw that thing out there. I'm like, hey, guys, can we just put this up on Facebook and just anybody can read it right now? Like, boom, let's go. You know, like the well, they're, they're going to have to redact anything that has to do with national security, which I understand. Let's say if there's something very specific in there that they need to redact. OK, but short of that, I do think the whole thing needs to be made public. And I'll tell you. A, a, an old Republican on the opposite side of, uh, of McConnell on that is Chuck Grassley, senator from uh, Iowa, who is as old and curmudgeonly as they get. But he's already on record as saying, listen, the American people paid for this. If something's going to cost $25 million, whatever the you know price tag is, you're damn right they're going to see it because they paid for it. So put it out there. And I think that that is going to be important to do. We don't – I mean, Barr has said that – it will be released in weeks, not months. That was his quote. It won't take months. It'll be weeks, and they'll have to look. But I do think he has to be very careful about not holding anything back that isn't just national security stuff that you know everybody can agree on should be held back. Because, um, And I also think that's why even in his summary that he issued, when he said the line about uh, – uh, that while it didn't find sufficient evidence to charge Trump of obstruction, it also did not exonerate him. Barr didn't want to put that in there. I think he put it in there because he realized, hey, if this thing comes out publicly and I didn't, I just conveniently left that part out of my four page summary, people are going to be like, okay, you were in the tank. You know, like, why aren't you, you didn't really paint an accurate picture. All right. Uh, do we have time to touch on one more? Are we okay? We're an you hour have a minute? In. Yeah. All right. Jesse Smollett. How about that guy? Guilty. Whole case got dropped again. Yeah, but it got dropped. Look, it got dropped because they drop cases on guys that have no priors. I think I heard the attorney general for that state for Chicago for uh, um, Illinois. Illinois. Thank you. I came from Chicago. Let's do Chicago. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Illinois. (laughs) Um, Saying that, hey. We had 5,700 cases of felonies just this last year with people with no priors. We look at a case-by-case situation and, you know what I mean, like, don't go forward with prosecuting these cases. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he's innocent. They all even said he's not innocent. Mm-hmm. He, you know, but basically we're not going to go through because, he, like, at this point, we would only be doing it because he is famous. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody else, some Joe Blow that does the same exact crime he would have done with no priors would get the, okay, community service and a public apology and you're out of here mm-hmm. and we'll drop the charges. Mm-hmm. Not innocent. Mm-hmm. Just that's just the way our judicial system works. Yeah. I, it, I guess the weird thing appearance wise about it though, is there was no, like, um, there was no plea deal. Like, for example, he forfeited his bond. It was a $10,000 right. bond, right? So, yeah, I, it would certainly— Which you st- don't have to do if you're innocent. Right. It would certainly stand to reason that— the cause You're that guilty. Would, yeah, because that would be, uh, I guess, what, like extortion otherwise. Because if the cops exactly. were just like, okay, yeah, you're innocent, but you know what? Why don't you go ahead and let us keep yeah, the money? Let me tell you you're innocent. I'm going to go ahead and keep money from you. That'd be like bribing the, the federales You'd fucking lose something. your mind. Yeah. And this guy's not losing his mind. He's trying to jump on the fact, like, see, I'm innocent. I'm like, no. No, no, only people that don't know how to fucking read are going to think you're innocent. 
you're absolutely guilty of what you did. Yeah. That's why you had to give up your bond. And again, I think, what is it? Community service and an yeah, apology, he, I think. He is, had done some yeah. community service. He yeah. ne- he's never apologized. He doubled down and said he's right. innocent the whole time. That's what I think. I think he's supposed to give an apology as part of the uh, the agreement, though. Hmm. I haven't seen that. I don't I know. haven't seen that either because someone even mentioned that, like, because in his thing, I don't know. I think I have the video of him. See, because and that's the point, Frank. Yeah, his statement. No, he's trying to paint the narrative that he's innocent. Yeah. No, because that's innocent. that's the weird thing is there is no kind of acknowledgement of anything. Is this it right here? I think it's I think it's this one. Yeah, yeah. This is a plus statement. two. I mean, really, let's be realistic. Hold on, before we yeah. start. This. Oh. Yeah. If I snatched your fucking ass up, put a rope around your head, fucking was gonna beat your ass. Screw fucking it being racially or even like you know calling you homosexually motivated mm-hmm. in any way you know orientation. Um, the minute and if someone thought you made it shit up, and the minute no longer you are innocent, that'd be the first thing I'm going for. Like, okay, motherfuckers, I'm glad we're getting past me, but these motherfuckers, I need to get. They had a rope around my fucking neck. They were gonna fucking kill me or you know throw chemicals on me. Like, mm-hmm. where's the rage towards the person that actually fucking did something to you? Right, there is none. Let's hear Jesse Smollett's uh, statement. Blow it up big there uh, for okay. our uh, YouTube viewers. This is his statement outside the uh, courthouse. A couple notes. Um, first of all, I want to thank my family, my friends, the incredible people of Chicago and all over the country and the world who have prayed for me, who have supported me, who have shown me so much love. No one will ever know how much that has meant to me, and I will forever be grateful. I want you to know that not for a moment was it in vain. I've been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. I would not be my mother's son if I was capable of one drop of what I've been accused of. This has been an incredibly difficult time, honestly one of the worst of my entire life. But I'm a man of faith and I'm a man that has knowledge of my history and I would not bring my family, our lives or the movement through a fire like this. I just wouldn't. So I want to thank my legal counsel from the bottom of my heart And I would also like to thank the state of Illinois for attempting to do what's right. Now, I'd like nothing more than to just get back to work and move on with my life. But make no mistakes, I will always continue to fight for the justice, equality, and betterment of marginalized people everywhere. So, again, thank you for all the support. Thank you for faith, and thank you to God. Bless y'all. Thank you. Pause it. Pause it. Uh, Frank, just so you know, uh, if I ever have to stand behind you in a courthouse like this i am not going to be standing there wearing fucking sunglasses indoors that guy in the matching under armor outfit was like the bodyguard yeah he went to the Billy he, badass. he yeah, went no. to the daryl johnson school of <laughs> pr anyway um well that's his that's his statement so he continues to maintain his innocence but the bond is forfeited the community service has been done and uh, and and the other thing is too, um, no one's real sure what the story is with the brothers. The two Niger, they were from Nigeria. Well, they, the guy he actually fucking wrote the check to. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they confessed and right. said that, that he paid him, and so but yeah, they like, did I pay him. Know. There's a paper there's trail a check, on money. Yeah. There's a yeah. check, and they fucking dumbass Jesse doesn't even know how to fucking do crimes <laughs> properly. Like, hey asshole, yeah. cash is king, dude. Yeah. Fucking no paper trail, you yeah. dumb shit. Yeah. But they but they haven't really spoken publicly, so we don't really I don't know. Think so, no. I mean, I don't. Now the other thing too is the um, the case is sealed. Uh, Smollett's attorneys sealed the court records. So you can't, because another point that's being made is, well, why seal them? Like, again, 
not searching the trunk of the car. Like, if you've got all this suspicion on you, yeah, why not is, just go, he's hey, absolutely here's, guilty. here's the evidence Seal, at least have. the court of a public opinion, which is still out, mm-hmm. doesn't what do, fry him. What are we looking this at This is here, actually Mikey? released, like, after I was looking up links for the show. Yeah. This is pretty recent. They, I guess, because the, the Chicago Police Union yeah. wants the federal inve- investigation into the um, attorney general of Chicago, the lady who dr- officially dropped the case. Yeah. yeah. And so they released some more evidence. This is the uh, police files. Mm-hmm. Of the Smollett case. See, that's the thing. I wish if if I was Smollett's people, less is more. Like right yeah. here, either a you really are innocent, and let's get pissed off at the people that you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that jumped your ass, uh, or you're guilty, and stop saying you're innocent because all you're going to do is piss off all the Chicago Police Department, mm-hmm. the mayor of Chicago, everybody else is sit there going, okay, fuck you. We let you off the hook, but if you constantly want to make us look bad, mm-hmm. we're gonna fucking come back around for you. Mm-hmm. This is—I just think this is funny. Oh, this is them yeah. buying the the supplies. Yeah, they got a red hat. Yeah, and then there's the the ski mask. Yep, it's just—it's just really funny. Yeah, the surveillance footage at the hardware yeah. store of the Nigerian brothers buying other stuff. Yeah, I never understood why if you're going because I've seen other criminals make this mistake too. If you're going to commit a crime. If you don't already have stuff, go get it like off out of a junkyard or something. Yeah, secondhand store. Yeah, don't go to the store where there's a receipt, you know, <laughs> and and surveillance well, footage. Of, now he thought about yeah, it. Brought yeah, a city up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you can use the Amazon link and get all that. Or use that. That's right. At least go. Thank you, Mikey, uh, for pointing that out. If you're going to commit a crime, at least uh, get your supplies by Log going to phonebootfighting.com. Yeah. You go to fucking Starbucks. Yeah. Bounce your VPN number on. <laughs> There's ways to do this, people. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I love that image of the, the ski mask with the white cardboard so you see yeah. the clear, yeah. like the eye and the mouth. It's just so hilarious. <laughs> I didn't you notice that. That's you awesome. You couldn't. I mean, if you were making a movie, like that's yeah. something you would see. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's it, just it would be perfect. a comedy. Yeah. Because be so, yeah. it would lose some sense of realism. If yeah. that was like a John Wick movie, you'd be like, yeah. oh, that's stupid. They yeah. wouldn't really do that. Yeah. Like, this is a, you know, Home Alone type criminals right. you know what I mean yeah. like, speaking of uh, of Jesse Smollett now who would have thought it would end up being a better week for Smollett than it uh, was one of his attorneys uh, I didn't even thought to mention this one until just now you reminded me Evan but Mark, Mark Garagos oh. uh, Mark Garagos who was involved in representing uh, Jesse Smollett a famous high profile attorney represented Michael Jackson represented uh, uh, Scott Peterson uh, represents all scumbags <laughs> yeah uh, some shady character <laughs> name um, me a good person he fucking did <laughs> but he was named as the uh, I guess an unindicted co-conspirator so he's not charged with it he maybe he's a cooperating witness or something but in a case that got made the last couple of days against michael avenatti the attorney for stormy daniels you yeah. about this he is accused of trying to extort like 22 million dollars from nike yeah he calls, up, he calls up nike he had information from some former coach of a university that that uh that nike was paying families of college athletes which would would be illegal um and he called allegedly and said I'm going to leak this news on the eve of the NCAA tournament starting. It's going to cause your stock to drop unless you first he wanted. And he told him like to take one billion right off your top there. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and the allegation is that he said you can pay me to do an internal review. So in other words, 
cut me some money, but you can say I'm doing a job. I'm, I'm, you know, you're paying me for an internal review, and then, uh, or you can just pay me outright. And I think that's allegedly where he mentioned the twenty-two million dollars. I've always listened. And then another guy too. He wanted to get paid too, right? Yeah, they didn't have another somebody, well, that, an unnamed person like well, that was Garrigus. Some somehow well, that was Garrigus. Okay, somehow Garrigus. Now Garrigus hadn't said anything about this. There's a Mark Garrigus right there, but somehow he is. Uh, it's suggested that that he is, but he's not charged with anything. So the speculation is that that could mean he's cooperating, yeah. like he's a witness to something. No he one's really state. sure about his involvement, but. You know, I'll say this, though. Guys like Michael Avenatti, when when you have the Donald Trumps and the Stormy Daniels and, you know, all these kinds of shady characters, people like this are going to come around. The Michael yeah. Cohens, the all these people are just like, you're like, ugh. And one one gives way to another. You know, it's like one introduces another. That's a big-time jail offense, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, prison. you're talking like prison, prison time, sure. like three to five years type yeah, shit. Yeah, prison right? for sure would happen. I'm just happy. Or maybe not. I mean, yeah. how, how many years is, what's his name, getting <laughs> billions or millions? Uh, Who are you thinking of? Just now with the latest. Uh, uh, oh, Michael Cohen? Yeah, no, not Cohen. Who's the other guy? Uh, Paul Manafort? Thank you. Manafort. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because didn't he only get like five years or some shit? Yeah, I think it's all going to add up to maybe around, yeah, around that seven, something like that between both of his cases. But, yeah, we'll see what he gets. Those people um, get fucking lifetime for stealing yeah. 100 bucks. <laughs> I'm just glad that he would, that we were able to preserve Nike's sterling, sterling representation. <laughs> I mean, who, who had any clue this was a shitty company, you know? Um All right. So, uh, I guess. I wonder, out of anger now, he just releases it anyways. Uh, who? Avenatti. Whatever information he oh, has. Oh, the information, yeah. I mean, at this point, obviously, Nike's who turned him in. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to release it. Well, anyways. and here's the thing. In, in his possible- Especially now with all the college corruption we got going on. Yeah. Like, finding out that Nike, like, oh, uh, oh not that true. it's a big shocker. Yeah. That they're trying to find ways, loopholes mm-hmm. around the system to help pay athletes to go to certain colleges, you know, and give money to their family. Um well, and here in his possible defense, this may be a defense that he, he offers, you know, the, it's a fine line between extortion and hush money. Because if you look at what he's involved with with Stormy Daniels, like, it's not illegal for, say, in the Stormy Daniels situation, she comes to Trump or her representative comes to Trump and says, hey, we're about to do an interview about, you know, what you, you two had. And Trump goes, hey, I'm going to pay you some money to not do that. Yeah, I mean, the biggest That's difference not, is I can't ask for it, right? Right. Like, if I knew something about you, and I'm like, hey, I'm about to go ahead and talk about mm-hmm. your, you know, yeah. your uh, whatever on the air, you'd be like, hey, Frank, what if I give you 200 bucks not to? Oh, okay. Oh, hadn't thought of that. Right. But if I sit there and go, hey... Give me two hundred dollars, or, or I'm going to tell everybody. Then, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. And then, yeah, okay. Um, all right. Uh, that's how the one guy that did the anonymous businessman here in town. Yeah, that uh, you know everybody knows but doesn't name because he got extorted for the two hundred thousand dollars for mm-hmm. the you know give me two hundred grand or I'm going to release this video. I'm like, buddy, you should have talked to me first. I'd have just told you like, hey, I have this phone with somebody famous fucking on it you <laughs> do you want it for 200 grand because mm-hmm. if not i'm going to sell it to the national choir for you know mm-hmm. the highest bidder you know what i mean like first dibs yeah. first dibs that's not extortion now right would that that wouldn't be right that's hush money now um well i think no here's the thing i don't think you could talk about money i think what you would do is this you would go yeah we have this thing and just just letting you know we're about to we're gonna do an interview or i guess how i could put it would be like hey i got this phone i'm getting ready to go ahead and sell it to 
You could, but I, I think what you would do is you would just avoid any talk of sales at all. I'm I think you would just to... say, yeah, I'm just going to talk about it publicly. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to talk about it publicly. Right. And, and so then, you can never bring up money. So if that person goes, okay, well, what can I do to get you to keep your mouth shut? Uh, nothing. I mean, I, I think it's a gray area. Like, I think, you, obviously, you could talk about money, but I think the more you talk about money, the more you're setting yourself right. up. Folks at home, a, if you know how to extort people, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the internet's slow today. I have a, I've been trying to pull up articles. This is just oh, yeah. extortion. Just, uh, extortion versus hush money. Yeah. Did you? Um, oh, did the, you? The Motley Crue trailer. Yeah. Did yeah, you? Did that. you see the movie? Yet? No, not yet. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm home for like ten minutes before I go to bed. All right. Uh, <laughs> we got to get Frank to see the Motley Crue. Um, we won't. We'll just play the trailer. Just play the trailer here. Uh, pause it for a second while I set this up. Uh, so the dirt, which is the name of the Motley Crue biopic. <laughs> that was produced by Netflix was uh, released over the weekend. I have been looking forward to this for a long time because uh, I, I, I lived uh, a, a portion of this uh, in, in that day and time. And uh, it is very true to, it's based on their autobiography, which is one of the craziest auto, like rock and roll debauchery stories you'd ever read. Um, and it's based directly off of that book. And uh, this movie was super well done. If you got Netflix, you should check it out. I mean, it 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 you it would seem too crazy to believe if you didn't know it were true. Did you see it yet, Mikey? No, I have not. Yeah, worth uh, checking out. Just just play the trailer here. Tell me if after we play this trailer, Frank. Tell me if you're you were aware or not aware of any of this because this was a little before your time. It could have happened to anybody. But it didn't. It happened to us. The new band is going to be something nobody's ever seen before. Oh my God, those are my pants. But they look so much better on me. We got a runaway, a kid drummer, an old man. Let's just play it. Cover band singer. They say you're gonna be a rock star. What do you think? Holy shit. If we wanna knock people on their asses, then we've gotta give them a show. I'm talking like a stadium show in the clubs. The fans, they're dying for some anarchy. So let's give it to them. for Electra Records. You guys like a record too? I had managed the Scorpions, Bon Jovi, Skid Row, Kiss, but I have never been through what Motley Crue put me through. I am sick and tired of not having any fun. Everything's upside down and flip-flopping. Motley Crue, no strangers to controversy. Vince Neil was charged with vehicular manslaughter. Tommy Lee and Heather Locklear have separated. It's a degenerative bone disease. Nikki Six has overdosed. I know it's not going to be easy, but I believe in you guys. Win it all or lose it all. We are Motley Crue. Oh, 
So there's a couple of minutes of a trailer. So what makes this so interesting, and I didn't really think about it till this this came out, Frank, but in this day and time, a lot of the modern take on this is going, what is with this behavior? You, what are we talking about? We can't be having this sort of behavior. We're not having it now, but to even take a snapshot out of it from as recently as the 80s there's a lot of people again kind of in the me too you know era people going what in the world is this debaucherous behavior but the thing was back then not only was it on the part of the bands but it was also on the part of the girls like this was it was all consensual you know but this was like that was the day and age of and it makes me realize i guess there's really not like groupies like that anymore you know but this kind of wild behavior i mean no no spoilers but i'll tell you there's one scene in the movie at the rainbow which is the rainbow bar and grill that's on the sunset strip that was a big rock and roll gathering Mm -hmm. where uh uh they're all sitting around a table and uh um the saturday night live dude that's in it uh that plays their manager uh help me out just uh broke up with ariana grande what's the guy's name oh uh, pete Pete, uh, Davidson? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. He plays their manager. He sits down at a booth in the Rainbow. Like, it's the scene where he's meeting the band. And he sits down and says, hey, I want to talk to you guys about representing you. And all of a sudden, he's like, whoa. And looks under the table. And there's a girl under the table who was trying to blow him. Like, just when he sat down, she, like, starts trying to blow him. And he's like, what is under there? And they're all laughing. That's a true story. No shit. Not made up in the movie. They When they would sit down in the Rainbow, there would be a girl under the table just going around blowing everybody if you happen to sit down at the table she'll get around to you i wouldn't i mean you know if you're aware of how gonorrhea can be transmitted through the throat i wouldn't recommend it can you get gonorrhea from a blowjob yeah yeah the next time we're my childhood i've dodged some bullets (laughs) the next time holy shit really i only thought you had to use a condom if you Mm. penetrated them vaginally it can happen. Wow, the man. I missed time, out on sex ed, dude. Rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dirty yeah. whore is that? It's harder, <laughs> harder to get. But the next time, I tell you what, the next time that we are uh, in L.A., which we're overdue for a trip to L.A., we got to get back to L.A., yeah. we will go watch this movie, because I want to talk about it on the show. Watch this movie. Mrs. Mirror will like this, too, because she kind of likes a lot of the 80s music, too. Yeah. She liked the Queen Bow Oh, pick. Jesus it, Christ, man. We it, watch. She is such on the Queen kick that I'm yeah. Disney or for, for Halloween. I might be fucking growing a mustache, dude. Oh, <laughs> Jumbo Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I think we're gonna oh, do like this a, is gonna be awesome on. because of her hair. You know, is live. You know, long. Hey, black. I think she was talking about being Freddie Mercury like 1975, okay. and I'm gonna be the Freddie Mercury 1985. Yeah, so I'm gonna wear like the white. You know, when he did like the, yes. uh, the Wembley with uh, the skin tight white live, pants. Yeah, yes. like, uh, what was it? The Live Aid or something? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm already oh. trying to learn the, the go-go gaga Oh, this dance. would be great. Carrying around the Radio. half microphone yes. stand. Oh, I yeah. love this. I love this idea. Well, watch the movie. You guys will, will like it, and then we can talk about it on the show. But it's just, uh, I think it's a very uh, interesting thing to talk about, especially juxtaposed to, like, today's mentality. But what I was going to say is next My time. My list is getting built. Oh, the good thing, yeah. I'm actually traveling next week to go to New York. Oh, yeah, So I yeah. some long flights because i got to catch up on the uh, – Michael Jackson. Yeah. And then now I'd catch this yeah. one. Next time we're in L.A., we'll go to the Rainbow Bar and Grill because that place has not changed. It is exactly as it was then. And you see where, where all this kind of stuff I love happens. this history brain. Did you hear about the story of the one time it kind of – it was just funny. 
we were in LA and I was like, cause I had been up and just tired. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, Hey man, I just need to take a nap for a minute. And he's like, Oh, that's no problem. You know, Richard being Richard, I got to go do this run over here. So we park alongside of a street. Yeah. So I, I take a nap. Oh. <laughs> he walks out, and, and you can see Richard, like, you know, he, he walks out, and I, and, I, and I come to, and so he's at the, the, the front of the car, and he's looking at me, he looks back at the window, and then he gets, like, kind of like a, a pep in his step. He walks, he goes, hey, funny thing, you know where we're at right now? Like, this is where. This is, I parked the car in the exact same spot that uh, in front of Vitello's Italian restaurant where Robert Blake parked his car and left his wife, Bonnie Lee <laughs> Bakley, in the passenger seat where Frank was sitting. And then when he came back, she'd been shot to death. Yeah. <laughs> we so were, I started, like looking around. I'm all, you trying to tell me something there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I, I didn't even realize it until I was walking back to the car. But he's laying there. And I thought, man, this is as close to being Robert Blake as hopefully I ever get. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll check out the movie and then we'll uh, we'll uh, discuss. You'll, you'll, you'll be entertained. Okay. Uh, anything else? We're going to wrap it? I guess we should wrap it, right? That's it, yeah. All right. Uh, Frank, let's see here. Uh, uh, we will be back next week. Now, Frank, is uh, this, this is your pro wrestling debut next week, right? Yeah. Okay. This is going to take place in New York. It is. On Josh Burnett, uh, Barnett's promotion, yeah, right? Bloodsport. Okay. Now, is that the one? Did I see they're pairing you up with Dan Severin? Yeah. Okay, it's that one, right? All right. That's good because Dan has pro wrestling experience. You know, he, after retiring from MMA, uh, he was actually like a pro wrestling champion, I think, in NWA for a while. Oh, okay. So, do you know him at all? I've met him and I've talked yeah. to him. But from that speech with him, I'm pretty sure he doesn't remember ever fucking talking to me. Oh, okay. Okay. So you guys are doing that where? In, uh... I actually went to talk to him about mm-hmm. Wes Sims. That was before yep. I fought Wes Sims. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, we have a common future opponent, somebody you fought. And like, hey, how did he feel? Mm-hmm. Anything you notice? Some tendencies I should train for, not train for? And he sat there. Now you got to realize Wes Sims is like six foot fucking ten. Yeah. He doesn't really fit in the bunch. So I'm, I'm asking, and Dan's like, and he had only fought him within the last three months or something. When I was talking to him, he's all, yeah, tall guy, huh? Hmm. I don't quite remember. I uh, probably just took him down and grinded him out. I'm like, yeah. It was okay. I'm like, you fought a lot, but I mean, Jesus Christ, the guy's six foot <laughs> fucking ten. How many six, ten motherfuckers have you fought that you can't remember in the last three months fighting somebody? Yeah. Now you asked Frank about his fight three months ago, and he's like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, kind of, yeah. No, no, I do it. I've, like, landed in airports with Mrs. Mir. I'm like, yeah. hey, this is a nice airport. Like, this, and she goes, you fucking with me, right? I'm all, what? She goes, we were here, like, you've been here, done this. I'm all, oh, that's why she, like, looks familiar, huh? Like, no clue. Like, I, I go to cities all the time now. I'm like, I, I should start marking shit in my fucking phone. Because there's been times, like, I've gone places and I'm like, wow, this place just feels so eerily familiar. And it's not till I'm flying back that I realize I've actually been there before. We had it happen, Mikey, the other uh, week when we went to see Kiss. We're all, we all went out to eat beforehand. We're all sitting at the table. And I'm talking about how I think Frank asked me if there was an opening act. And Kiss has had this opening act that's like a, a performance artist. And uh, I was expl- going into detail about, yeah, the guy does this, and he paints, and he does this, and he does that. And Frank's like, oh, really? Oh, that sounds pretty cool. And Jennifer looks at Frank. She goes, we went to dinner with him. And Frank's <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, that guy. And I yeah. still didn't remember. I just, I, I just, I do this to people all the time. Trade secret, guys. When people come up to me and they say, hey, do you remember me or remember my friend or you remember this situation? For a second, if I really don't, I'll be honest. I'll be like, huh, I don't know. Like, give me a little bit more because I really want to see if I can remember. 
And then if you give me a little bit more and I'm still drawing a fucking blank, I don't want to sit there for the next 10 minutes. You trying to fucking get me to remember because obviously the shit ain't going to happen. Fucking that brain cell is dead. It's gone. It ain't coming back. So I just sit there and look at you and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And my wife knows the oh, yeah, 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 yeah means I have no fucking clue what you're talking about right now. (laughs) Yeah. My move is this to get you to uh, if because I get Jennifer to do this. So like if if. I run into you, and you're reacting to me in a way where it's obvious that I should know who you are, right? Um, And I realize I don't. What she will do is she will introduce herself by name to you, right? So, so if you come up and you're like, "Oh man, it's so great to see you again," you know, and I, hey, good to see you too, and I realize I don't know who you are, and I'll say, "This is uh, this is my girlfriend Jennifer," and then. When she says, you know, hi, I'm Jennifer, and you go, yeah, I'm Frank, I will then a half a second later go, yes, Frank, like, like almost like, of course I was going to say it. I mean, you said it first, but I was just about to introduce you You know, that's the only reason why I've almost signed up for Facebook. I think I have an account, so a portal, yeah. so I can deal with the, uh, uh, you the have fan a, page. You have a Facebook. I do have a yeah. fan page, right? Oh, you mean like, yeah, personal, right? And I have a personal Facebook page, too, but I never use it. The only reason I even signed up for it was to fucking, you can't view or do anything on Mm -hmm. your fan page Mm -hmm. if you don't have a Facebook to sign into. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense to me. But I still never fucking go on it. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been on it once every six months, every once in a while. Like, I'll sign in to look, you know, if I have to do anything. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I should take that down, you know? But the one thing that's almost convinced me like fuck birthdays almost got me going like yeah nah fuck that mm-hmm. don't care that much but people's names because i am notoriously bad and I, I think this is a common thing that we all do mm-hmm. we're like do you ever like go to the gym or you're you know at work and there's that one guy that always talks to you and you probably talk to him to several times a day and it's gone on now for like a year and you don't fucking know his name, yeah. and it's gone way past <laughs> where you're just a complete fucking asshole now. If you go, hey, real quick, by the way, I know that you know you come and you were at my kid's baptism, and uh, <laughs> you named your kid's middle name after me. But what the fuck's your name? <laughs> yeah, no, that happens. Now that it'll it can screw you up in reverse though, because one thing that'll happen with me and see, I used to be really good at remembering faces if i'd met you before but even better than names like even if your name had escaped me even if we had just had the most casual of of interfacings i I would commit your name to memory but facebook messed me up on that because if you talk to somebody enough on facebook you're always seeing their picture and so i've had situations where i will meet you just happened to me uh on radio the picture's not been updated mm -hmm, very well right well a listener would come up to me from my radio show, and I'd be like, oh, it's great to see you again. And they're like, actually, it's the first time we've met. Oh, okay. But what we had done is we had corresponded back yeah. and forth, and I saw their picture every time yeah. I wrote to them. So. I've actually had to deal I, – I, I think there's going to be a new psychology mm-hmm. uh, field on dealing with social media and Facebook for the different problems it actually presents because now our interaction with humans, each other, is, is, very, is different. And one of them being is that when I sometimes have a fan that walks up to me and they're just like, go hard, you know, like they fucking know me really well, right? For a while, they'd be like, you don't know me. But then actually I got used to it because I listened to, to, to like, you know, my wife and her sisters all talking. They'll talk about a celebrity and who's cheating on who or what happened with so-and-so. And I'm listening, you know, because, you know, obviously I'm in the car with her. I can't, you know. Um, 
and the the way they talk about that celebrity is like they like it's one of their friends that they mm-hmm. know and that's when i actually made the ref like oh you guys like talk about this person like you've met them mm-hmm. even though that this person doesn't know you fucking exist mm-hmm. And if you met them, you would probably treat them like somebody you know because you know who they're dating, who left them, the argument they just had with their mother, their business fallout. Like, you know them actually pretty fucking well, but they don't know you. And so, like, that's why I'm much more understanding when a fan comes up and goes fucking nuts with me. Like, ah! And I'm like, okay, hold on. I just met you. You know what I mean? Like, let's meet in the middle here. You know what I mean? Like, you tone it down a step, and I'll bring it up a step, and we'll we'll get to, we'll figure each other out. But there, that, that's another part of social media that's affected me, where I'm like, oh, okay. At first, I was like, oh, you're fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And then after, like I said, being on the other side of it, I go, oh, you're not crazy. You just that because of social media, you have familiarized yourself with me. You know my children. You know my wife. You know my day to day routine. So you feel like you know me because you do really do know me. You fucking know me. Yeah. You know me probably better than some of my friends know me. Mm-hmm. But I just fucking met you. So it's not that I'm standoffish. It's just that the the familiarity or the recognition's not being a no. two way street. No, that's true. I mean, like we were just looking at that Motley Crue trailer back then. These people were like aliens. Like there was no the only time you see them on a stage when you go see them live, you see them on MTV in a music video, or you would read uh, an interview in a magazine. That's it. There was you know there's no there's no somebody Instagramming the picture of them and their family at the taco place that I also go to. You know there's none of that familiarity. So those people were like they were like aliens. I remember I met Metallica when I was 15 at a record signing, and they were behind a table. Of course they're you know they're probably 23 at the time, but to me they were just like. Like, even just the fact they're behind this table, it's almost like looking at zoo animals behind glass or something. You're like, well, these aren't humans. They're, uh, they've been transported from my record collection and MTV, yeah. you know, and now it would be different because you're, even if you meet somebody for the first time, you're like, oh, yeah, I saw where you and your wife and your kids were at Disneyland the other day, and I, I like that ride, and you like that, you know, it's like, and that's fine, and yeah. in a way, but it, you're right, it is totally different. All right. A little bonus content for you there. We almost fake wrap this uh, show up once before we start talking again. All right, Frank, tell everybody how to follow us on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at, at face, uh, Phone Booth Fighting, Snapchat and Twitter at Phone Booth Fight. All right. And just a point of clarification, I said, where's that pro wrestling? It's in New York, right? Somewhere in New York? Flying into JFK. Beyond that, I don't know. <laughs> it's on my website. Maybe it's at I don't the know. airport. <laughs> yeah, he's going to wrestle in Terminal. I think it's on D. the thing because one of my friends is actually yeah. – uh, Ruben is actually going to be in town because I think the Geico National High School Basketball Championship. Uh-huh. So he's in, he's one of the trainers for Gorman. So he'll be there. And I was like, oh, I'll be in the area. But I think okay. he looked at it from where he's at. I'm like still yeah. like hours away. Oh, okay. Well, uh, if if you're interested in it, if you're in the area, probably just check out Josh Burnett on social media. I know he's going to have it. It'll be on Frank's social media as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to check out the card, you got it? It's in New Jersey. Okay. Newark. All right. What's it called? What's Jersey the event City, called? New Jersey. What's it called? Yeah. White Eagle Hall. At White Eagle yeah. Hall. Thank you. In New Jersey. Okay. Is there a website or something if people want to get tickets? Yeah, tickets available at bloodsport19eventbrite.com. Okay. Streaming live on Fight TV. Oh, we can watch it. We can watch it on uh, Fight TV. Huh. Well, cool. now, maybe we'll be doing that. All right, and just so you know, I'm gonna put this idea in your uh, in your uh, back of your head, Frank. If you do like the pro wrestling and you continue on with it, 
I would like to audition at some point as the manager. Yeah. You know, the the the, the guy. You know, I've worked out the last two mornings as Austin. Aries. Oh, you have? Yeah, he's back in town and stuff. Oh, I so didn't even lift know he was here. Yeah, oh, that's he just, great. Okay, cool. So we've been lifting in the mornings together. Yeah. And, uh, oh, good. We talked about actually the next week or two, like, jumping into a, you know, a boxing or oh, a wrestling would, ring. And yeah. me actually getting some instruction on the, you know, the finite details. Of, yeah, that would be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you Josh Barnett's advice? No. Just go. <laughs> just just start moving. Just roll. Yeah. Just do what you do. I'm all, Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I want you to I want you to take great care. I've seen you have to get out of bed sometimes before. I don't want it to be the kind of pro wrestling match where the first back bump you take, you're like, I can't get up. That's it. We're done. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, everybody can watch it on uh, Fight TV then. All right. Uh, so for uh, Frank Mir and for Mikey doing an awesome job producing, we appreciate you being with us as always, and we'll see you right back here next week for another episode of Phone Booth Fighting. Everybody was kung fu fighting.